Cerebral is an online mental health service that offers prescription medication, counseling, and therapy for anxiety, depression, ADHD, insomnia, and more. Cerebral is one of the few services that provides prescription medication online through a licensed provider and ships medication straight to your door. You can schedule sessions based on what's most convenient for you, and you don't have to wait weeks to be seen. And BuzzFeed Daily listeners can receive 65% off your first month of medication management and care counseling at Cerebral.com slash BuzzFeed. Go to Cerebral.com slash BuzzFeed for 65% off your first month. Join Cerebral today on their mission to make quality mental health care accessible and affordable for all. Progressive presents Forest Metaphors about bundling your home and auto. In sports, three goals is a hat trick. And when you bundle your home and auto with Progressive, you get a hat trick of great savings and round-the-clock protection. So you might be thinking, wait, that's two things. A hat trick is three. But in this metaphor, great savings counts as two goals, and so does round-the-clock protection. So it's like four goals, and that's more than three. It's basic math. Forest Metaphors, presented by Progressive. Bundle and protect today. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Discount not available in all states or situations. From Cavalry Audio comes the new true crime podcast, The Shadow Girls. I grew up near the banks of the Green River and in the shadow of the killer that bears its name. Prosecutors described him as a serial killer savant. But this podcast isn't only about tracking down the killer. It's about the victims. We stayed in the woods. He always liked to go in the woods. Listen to The Shadow Girls on the iHeartRadio app, on Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Cardi B came to Lizzo's defense over criticism of their rumors video. Leah Michelle shared her support of Beanie Feldstein's funny girl casting. And on the heels of the White Lotus finale, Jennifer Coolidge is having a moment of her own. New York Magazine senior writer Alex Jung joins us to talk about why it's finally happening. It's August 16th, 2021. Hey friends, I'm Casey Rackham. And I'm Shyla Watson. Welcome to BuzzFeed Daily. Casey, you're back! I am back! I missed you all so much! I know! I know we missed you too. It was fun, but it was not the same. (laughs) Yeah, I listened to the podcast and I was just like, my friends. (laughs) (laughs) No, but I had a fun time. I was on set for um, my movie. The movie uh, you wrote? Yeah, (laughs) and that was a really cool experience and they're still filming and doing lots of stuff, but I was like, I gotta get back, guys. I gotta get back to LA from, from Syracuse, New York. Yes. <laughs> I mean, that's like all I'm going to want to hear about for the next like several weeks. But there's also some Lizzo stuff that I want to talk mm-hmm, about. Mm-hmm. So after she and Cardi B released the video for their new song, Rumors, some trolls took it upon themselves to hurl hateful, racist and fat phobic insults at her. Over the weekend, she posted an Instagram live talking about how hurtful the comments are. It's like it doesn't matter how much positive energy you put into the world, you're still going to have people who have something something mean to say about you. Tons of fans and celebs shared their support, including Cardi B herself, who tweeted, when you stand up for yourself, they claim you're problematic and sensitive. When you don't, they tear you apart until you're crying like this. Whether you're skinny, big, plastic, they're going to always try to put their insecurities on you. Remember, these are nerds looking at the popular table. Shyla. Why does society hate fat people? Oh, God, this was so, so hard to watch. Like, I and just like, obviously, no one deserves this. But Lizzo is someone who has 
only put just positivity out there into the world. Um, you know, she's always trying to uplift other women, other women of color, other fat women. And she put out this great song, like the video is amazing. And I feel like it just hurts extra when someone is is so great. Like, again, no one deserves this, but she is just so the opposite of any of these things that they're saying. And this was just really hard. Like it brought her to tears. It really did. You know? That's awful. It impacts you. You can you can be as talented and as rich and as awesome and as funny as Lizzo is, and you're still a fucking human with a fucking heart that gets hurt. Yep. I mean, Shyla, it just like is at the end of the day, it's like what we've always seen. It's just people on the other side of a computer screen just hurling insults at you because they can. Yeah. And that's the thing. I feel like it's not going to get better because mm. of that. Like they feel protected. Mm. But I hope she's feeling a little bit better today. Me too. Well, I know something that you'll want to talk about, and I'm so excited to talk about it, just oh. so I can listen to you talk about it. Yes, <laughs> it's so Funny excited. Girl, which everyone needs to know is Shiloh's favorite movie. Favorite, favorite movie, movie ever. ever. <laughs> so, you know, it was announced that Beanie Feldstein has been cast a star in the Funny Girl Broadway revival, and a lot of people started tweeting about Leah Michelle, who has previously expressed interest in the role herself. Most people seem to think Leah would be anything from disappointed to enraged, but if she is, she's hiding it well. After Beanie shared the news on her Instagram, Leah commented, yes, you are the greatest star. This is going to be epic. Okay, so first of all, I feel like saying that Leah Michelle had interest in the role is such an <laughs> understatement because not only not only did her character on Glee, Rachel Berry, do an entire mm -hmm. segment about like they sang almost all the songs from the movie, but then her character even went on to star in the revival, like a Broadway production mm. of it in the show. Then, if I'm remembering correctly, Ryan Murphy like originally had the rights to the the like the um show and. I think Leah had sort of like hinted like, hey, mm -hmm. we've been working together, mm -hmm. cast me in this. And so for it to go to Beanie, I'm sure like I saw so many hilarious tweets over the weekend about her potential reaction. And one was just like, Leah Michelle breaks <laughs> glass in hand. And I'm just like, that's exactly what I'm picturing. Um, but that being said, Beanie Feldstein is incredibly talented. I am so excited. I feel like Really, like anyone that's not Barbara, I'm going right. to probably have an issue with, but I feel like, <laughs> but that being said, like, I'm excited to see her take this on. I'm upset. I'm now going to have to go to New York <laughs> to see this um, because you know how I feel about New York and the cold. But does funny girl trump the cold? Oh, very <laughs> much. It trumps almost everything. I love it oh. so, so much. It's like right under Christmas, so. <laughs> All right, so moving on to a show I am completely obsessed with. We have HBO's sixth episode, Social Satire, The White Lotus, which wraps season one on Sunday. And while there is a lot to unpack... All we can think about is how much we love Jennifer Coolidge. When the show first introduced us to Coolidge's latest character, Tanya, as usual, we were all in from the moment we met her. Here's a reminder as to why. Are you Ms. McCoolidge? Quad, one syllable. Quad. Well, two syllables, but the second part is one syllable. Wad, Macquad. Is it Gaelic? I don't know. Oh, well. <laughs> From classics like Best in Show to Legally Blonde, she has always been a scene stealer. However, thanks to The White Lotus, she may finally be making the move from beloved character actress to triumphant leading lady. And our biggest question is, what took so long? 
New York Magazine senior writer Alex Jung recently profiled Jennifer Coolidge for the Vulture piece called The Joke Was Never on Jennifer Coolidge, and he joins us right now to talk about it. Hi, Alex. Thanks so much for joining us today. Hi, thanks for having me. Okay, so let's start with The White Lotus. Um, I haven't actually seen it. I'm very behind the times. <laughs> How dare I have I know. seen it. I We're know, kicking I you know. off the podcast, Shia. See, okay, but here's the thing. I heard that there was like a murder and you know how I am. I'm a baby. I can't handle stuff. So I just like had to wait until like it finished. So can you set the stage for me a little bit and describe what the show is even about? Sure, sure. Um, it's basically uh, set at a resort called the White Lotus in Hawaii, and it follows a bunch of uh, mostly white, wealthy uh, mainlanders who go to Hawaii for this uh, resort vacation. And uh, one of the opening shots is uh, the the people at the hotel waving as you come in, right? And that's kind of the experience that they're trying to create for you is this beautiful, pleasant island life thing. Um, and it's basically a show about the the class tension and dynamics between the ultra wealthy people who go to this resort and then those who have to work for them or like create this kind of seamless service. Gotcha. So what was your reaction to the show overall and more specifically the season finale? So I'm, I'm a little mixed on the show, you know, people love it. So I feel comfortable in voicing a nuanced, uh, dissent. I think it's fine. Um, but I think it, I, you know, I think that ultimately, uh, when you're thinking, what is the show really about? Um, and if it's, if it's a show about, you know, class, conflict in some very basic sense. I think ultimately it sort of still loves the resort too much, right? It, it, it loves being there. It loves being with the rich people. It loves sort of staying in that space. And, and you sort of understand their psychology, the mechanics of their desires, all of those things, you know, like Jake Lacey is put in a suite that he didn't pay for or his mom didn't pay for. Right. And so that's, that starts the whole dynamic of him demanding the suite that he, his mom had actually paid for. Right. And it's like, you know, you, you classically understand like this kind of entitlement um, from this guy. But I think ultimately what it does is it, it does obscure the, the people who do the work to make that thing an experience for you, right? It still ultimately is like, oh, but isn't this island really nice? And uh, shouldn't we just kind of enjoy it too? Can't it be transcendental? You know, like I, I think it's sort of like ultimately like shows its hand in the finale around like for whom the show is. Um, and I think that that has been my light critique of the show. <laughs> um, but yeah. <laughs> You know, well, wherever we fall on like what we think of the show, because I'm still unpacking it, have lots of thoughts all the time popping into my head. What we do know is that it's a prestige show on HBO. You know, it's it's got freaking Connie Britton. And, you know, that means it's an award season contender. And for some people, the outlier in all of this at first glance seems like it's Jennifer Coolidge. But she has a standout performance, possibly of her career. What is this character and why are people reacting to it the way they are? Right. I mean, she is what I love about the show, right? Mm -hmm. um, she plays Tanya, this incredibly wealthy woman who has gone to Hawaii to scatter her mother's ashes with whom she has clearly had a very complicated relationship. And she's, you know, middle-aged, lonely, uh, wants a man, wants love, wants comfort 
in whatever form she can get it, whether it's in these kind of transactional relationships, which she ends up having with this woman named Belinda, who runs the kind of massage therapy holistic center on the at the resort. And she's played by Natasha Rothwell, who's wonderful and amazing. And so it's a really complicated role because, you know, she gets to have all of these just meltdowns that teeter on the line between funny, like comedy and tragedy in this really heart-wrenching way, I think. Um, but also it's so funny to watch. <laughs> so funny. Like she, there's a scene in which she has this total meltdown with this guy. And then the guy is just like, well, I still want to fuck you. And she says the word okay in such a specific way that it just like, it's so funny. And it's so like quintessentially something only she can do, right? It's, a, it's like the way in which she says a word just feels so full of this kind of emotional background and like, like history that you're just like, Oh, I understand this person in some way. Um, and it's so uniquely her that nobody else could do that. And I mean, Casey touched on this a little bit, but you spoke directly with Jennifer Coolidge about the show. And she told you that director Mike White had to actually fight to get her in it. So What's with that resistance? Well, I, I, it was complicated. So he had originally written a show called St. Patsy, where she was going to be the lead. And she was going to play this uh, underappreciated actress, middle-aged actress, who was getting a Lifetime Achievement Award in Sri Lanka and was going to be flown out there. But she starts to think that it's actually a plot by her ex-boyfriend to, like, kill her. And so he had this whole show that he had written and he says it's literally the best thing he has ever written before. And he said that HBO passed, all of these networks passed. And the suggestion is that they sort of felt like he felt that network executives felt that Jennifer Coolidge could not carry a show like this. Right. And so he, the HBO instead was like, this was during COVID quarantine. They were like, can you make a quarantine friendly show that we can shoot? And so he wrote, he's a really fast writer, uh, according to him. So he wrote uh, the white Lotus for this. And then one of his prerequisites was that Jennifer Coolidge would be one of the main roles in this. And I think that, you know, it's still a kind of give and take thing with Hollywood and, you can see that even in this role, which is probably the biggest and most complex role she has ever gotten in her career, she's astounding in it, right? Like she can do this like really weird, dramatic character that is still funny and still uh, really lively in all of these ways. But like it, it gets to show her range in a way that I thought was really, really lovely. And I think that was because they were friends and he sort of understood what she could do in a way that the industry hasn't before. You know, this is for another show if we were to unpack the White Lotus <laughs> and, and all this stuff. But I'd say in terms of all of these rich white characters we had out of all of them, she is the only one I felt empathy for, you know, and I think that was beautiful with her performance because of how she played it. It was and and maybe also that added fact that we had not seen her in something like that before. So we hadn't seen that. So, you know, I really do like what White told you. He said, quote, I know that sometimes she gets frustrated that she's always having hump the furniture parts. She can nail that kind of broad comedy. So, of course, that's what people want her to do. People love her, but she's put in a box. And I mean, thank God he wrote something like that, because as he says, it allows her to show the person that he knows, not the character that audiences know. Right. Or what she can do as an actor. Yes. Right. Like, 100%. you know, even when we think about her, like even when I was telling her or telling people that I was doing this piece, um, you know, people would be like, oh, Stifler's mom or, oh, uh, Paulette from Legally Blonde. And it's like, yeah, 
Totally. Right. Like she is really good in those parts. Right. They're like, you know, like short scenes that she steals, but that's like kind of all she's ever gotten to do. And that's kind of, you know, its own tragedy. I'm trying to remember the phrase you used. I think you said slow absorption. Um, <laughs> that And those are her characters. Totally. Those are that. And you know what? I do like she was able to bring some of that with her in this one, but like in a nuanced way. But so I, I am wondering, after spending a weekend with her, for people who haven't read your piece, what are the sides of her we don't know because Hollywood hasn't let her show them? She's weird, man. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I love it. (laughs) So she lives in New Orleans or she has a house in New Orleans and it's in the lower garden district. It's this like mansion that was built in the 1850s and it's basically like a haunted house, like filled with just antiques, old oil paintings, armoires, velvet furniture, upholstered mini bars, all of these things, right? And it's this thing that she's constantly working on, like fixing the foundation, the ceiling, the wiring, you know, there's always something to do with the house, right? Like she's a deeply weird person in a way that, like I got to go to New Orleans, spend some time at her house. We spent like three days together, which was also something that was way more generous than she or the publicist. Uh, Like the publicist obviously did not negotiate that or want that, I don't think. (laughs) But she was like, very, very down to just kind of like invite me into her home and show me around New Orleans. And so I got to really spend a lot of time with her and really kind of understand, you know, the person that I think she is that she doesn't really get to show on screen in these personas that she plays. I can't wait to hear more. Um, We will be right back with New York Magazine's Alex John after the break. it we're tired of hearing new year new you fat burning secrets and lose weight fast the only thing you need to lose is self-doubt the body you're in deserves respect love and support support you're not getting from your current sports bra it's time to experience the only sports bra that actually does its job and outperforms the most popular brands on the market it's time to feel real support from she fit save ten dollars today at shefit.com 2022 The NFL playoffs are here, and the Super Bowl is right around the corner. You can follow the action like a fan, or you can prep like a scout if you listen to the award-winning Move the Sticks podcast. The show is hosted by me, Daniel Jeremiah, and my partner, Bucky Brooks. The two of us bring knowledge from careers as NFL talent scouts to the podcast world so fans can watch and understand the nuances of the game like never before. After the Super Bowl, it's draft season. If you want to go in-depth on this year's prospects and learn what makes the top players stand out, There's no better podcast than Move the Sticks. We'll break down film from the professional and college games so you can know which player to look out for when the football season returns next fall. You'll learn a ton about the NFL, and I promise we'll make it fun along the way. We'll have several new episodes dropping each week, and you don't want to miss a single one. Subscribe now and listen to the Move the Sticks podcast on the iHeartRadio app on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello. Hello. Hi. Oh my God, I want to come through the screen and hug you. Hey everybody, Jessica Zor here, also known as Vanessa Abrams on Gossip Girl. I am so excited to share my new podcast with you guys. It's called XOXO and it's a walk down memory lane all about Gossip Girl. I'll chat with some of the cast, crew, fans of the show, and I'm just so pumped for you guys to go on this journey with me. 
Hi, I'm Ed Westwick. I played with Chuck Bass. I just can't believe that I did that with my life. Jay, we had like the most amazing time. Listen to XOXO on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back. We're speaking with New York Magazine's Alex Jung about what's proving to be Jennifer Coolidge's defining role in HBO's The White Lotus. Now, I think we can point out that this also isn't the first critically lauded project she's actually been a part of. She was in all of those mid-2000s Christopher Guest mockumentaries like A Mighty Wind and Best in Show, notably starring alongside people like Catherine O'Hara and Eugene Levy. But she didn't get quite as much credit for those projects. So why do you think that is? I think it's because if you you play a you know, a blonde airhead. And, and I think there's this idea that it doesn't require as much skill maybe, or like that it's not hard to pull off, but like she's magnificent in best in show, (laughs) you know, (laughs) and she doesn't quite get the credit for it, you know? Mm -mm. Mm -mm. Okay. This seems like a major moment for her. You know, we've talked about it. Like they can't really think of another project where her performance has been singled out. Could this be her, and I'm sorry for this phrase, reconnaissance? And if so, what kind of role would you really love to see her in? I mean, I would love for her to get to do that Mike White project. You know, like, yes. I, yeah, I, think that I would watch she, that. That sounded great. <laughs> oh, I know, right? <laughs> I mean, I think the way he described it was like, imagine Jennifer Coolidge running away from a snake in the Indian Ocean <laughs> screaming. And I was like, yes, I can imagine yes. that. I'm already <laughs> in. <laughs> well, you know, because, I, you know, actors are still ultimately hired hands, right? They're sort of like at the whims of directors, executive producers, all of these people who decide what they think you can do or the kind of person that you're allowed to be on screen. Right. And, and I think that fortunately with Mike, he is someone who kind of understands the breadth of her ability and that, that would be exciting, you know, to, to get to see her do that kind of project where she really is fully the leading star. Let's see what she can do, you know? Now, in your profile of her, we really get to see her insecurities and how she's been relegated to supporting roles for her distinctive look or because agents and managers let her astray. That's something that I think she even said is just like, I sort of like let them take over and I didn't really necessarily like stand up for myself or like what I wanted. So how do you think Jennifer sees herself in Hollywood now? I mean, do you think that she sees this as her big moment or has she sort of removed herself from any type of like Hollywood analysis like this? I mean, that's a good question. You know, like when we talked, I could tell that this would be a moment, you know, like as just someone who lives on the internet and kind of has a sense of um, how adored she actually is. And I think that this would allow people to sort of see her in a different light. But I don't, I don't know if she really had that conception of like, oh, this, this is like a real turning point for me. I know that for herself, she wants to be taking more agency in terms of, crafting her career and taking parts and being more aggressive. I think that that's always something that she's admired in other people like Ariana Grande or stuff like that. Yes. <laughs> but yeah, so I, I, you know, I think that we'll, we'll see, you know, I know she's always booked and busy though. I will say, right. Because people do love her. Like she's going to be in shotgun wedding with JLo. And I mean, I'm excited to watch it. You know, I'm excited to see her do that because she is really good in like big comedies. But I I would also like her to be able to flex in these different ways that she has clearly shown she can do. Definitely. And we're all ready to watch her do it. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Alex, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you. 
That's it for today. Come back and join us tomorrow. And remember, everyone leave Lizzo the fuck alone unless it's just support her. That's just support her. Just support. Also, be sure to subscribe to BuzzFeed Daily on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you go for your sound stories. And please take the time to leave us a rating and a review. It helps us figure out what you like about the show versus what you love about the show. And remember to come back for more of what you love about BuzzFeed, coming to you daily. Hello, hello. Hey, I don't know if you heard, but my podcast, Checking In, has been nominated for the NAACP Image Award in the category of Outstanding Lifestyle and Self-Help Podcast. I'm grateful for the nomination. I, I almost didn't even do a podcast because I was just wondering, there are thousands of podcasts out there and why is my voice needed? But a nomination from the NAACP lets me know that um, I made the right choice. And I encourage you to do, don't worry if there are thousands of something out that you want to do. No, nobody has your sauce. So listen, you can still vote. Go to vote.naacpimageawards.net. You have until February 5th, um, 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And please listen to my podcast. We're a part of the Black Effect Podcast Network on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you for checking in. I'm John Gonzalez, the host of SI's new podcast, Sports Illustrated Weekly. Sports Illustrated has delivered some of the best storytelling in sports for 70 years. And now that continues on our show. Each week, we'll dive deep into the best stories from around the sports world. Sports Illustrated Weekly is available every Wednesday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe now. Hello and welcome to our show. I'm Zoe Deschanel and I'm so excited to be joined by my friends and castmates, Hannah Simone and Lamorne Morris, to recap our hit television series, New Girl. Join us every Monday on the Welcome to Our Show podcast, where we'll share behind the scenes stories of your favorite New Girl episodes. Each week, we answer all your burning questions like, is there really a bear in every episode of New Girl? Plus, you'll hear hilarious stories like this. Fun that fact. was one I of your things too. you brought back from Latvia. Yeah, I brought back because a hoop. all professional <laughs> basketball players. Yeah, it's like a little <laughs> seven foot hoop. Yeah, listen to the Welcome to Our Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.